Hello, boys and ghouls, and welcome to another episode of Versus, the show where nerds do what nerds do best, argue. I'm Adam Peacock, and this week I will be representing the Babadook. And I'm Caitlin Hempstead, and I will be representing Freddy Krueger. I feel like we get to do a goofy one, and then we get to do a serious one like these two today. These two characters that are so meaningful and so spooky. Yeah, I think they're both important parts of culture, and also, I'm genuinely scared of both. So, this will be fun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's lean into that fear and throw two minutes up on that spooky skeleton clock over there. (laughs) Adam, explain what you mean. We've propped up a 12-foot Home Depot skeleton. Yes, it's a very tall skeleton because it's Halloween and people want to be scared. So there's a big spooky skeleton hanging out over there. But it's holding a really little clock, so it's not too scary. It's, It's cute. It's really cute. So let's get that cute clock going for two minutes. Tell us why Freddy Krueger is the better monster. Can you imagine if a California raisin was also Wolverine and also Neil Gaiman's The Sandman? What if a goth child molester could also rip your bowels open and pull your mother into a bed? And when I say into a bed, I don't mean to make love, I mean through a bed to a dream dimension where she will be tortured for all eternity. Freddy is so scary. I first saw this movie too young and I was truly convinced that you could uh, die in real life if you died in dreams. Maybe possibly because somebody on our playground said that uh, that did actually happen to her cousin's best friend's aunt's hairdresser one time and I took it with me for the rest of my life. But beyond being really scary, Sorry, but Freddy is a fashion icon, okay? Uh, the director read that red and green were the most clashing colors and that people would hate the way it looked, and Freddy pulls it off. Freddy pulls off a fedora, Adam. Do you understand how hard that is? Uh, Freddy can move in multiple dimensions. Of course, he was a child murderer who was pushed into a furnace and burnt alive to death, question mark, by a bunch of people in this town. And then he comes back to get revenge on their sexy little teenagers who are always doinking in various places in the school by murdering them in their dreams, in the bath, which you should never fall asleep in a bath. So that's kind of on her anyway, in their beds. Uh, and in their drowses in school. What I'm trying to say here is Freddy is complicated. Freddy has many layers. His anger is righteous and his outfits truly slay. Vote Freddy. I think he is the iconic horror movie villain of all time. I find that so weird that the two colors that clash the most are Christmas. Yeah. That's so weird. And then in making this movie, they were like, what's like the scariest vibe? What if he's wearing like a fuzzy, cozy sweater and it's Christmas colors? And a fedora is difficult to pull off. Yeah. And yet he makes it genuinely scary. Adam? Correct me if I'm real quick though, because I don't think at any time when you see him pre-Freddy in the series, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think he's ever actually wearing the fedora in human form. (laughs) It's a really interesting question. Okay, here's my pitch. In the world of dreams, Freddy Krueger walked into a Hot Topic. Yeah. And they were having a huge sale on fedoras. 
And he was like, God damn, I look good. And then brought it with him into the real world. I don't remember where he got the goddamn hat. I wish I had time to look it up. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We only have two we minutes. Have and time. you need to spend those two minutes telling me why the Babadook is the great horror movie villain. Okay, here we go. The Babadook, the 2014 movie from Jennifer Kent. She was a director. It was based on a screenplay by Jennifer Kent, which was also based on the short story Monster, written and directed by, you guessed it, Jennifer Kent. The Babadook tells the story of Amelia and Sam Vanek, I believe I'm saying that correctly, uh, who are suffering seven years, well, six years after the death of Amelia's husband, Oscar, in a tragic car accident as he was on the way to take her to the hospital as she was about to give birth to their son. The movie picks up after it and Amelia is not doing very well. And through this pain and grief that is not being dealt with, she invites in the Babadook. It soon takes over their whole lives. The son can see it. He's practicing defenses to save his mom from the Babadook. He's developing weapons and he's all pure and he's acting out but his mom doesn't quite know why and it's because he's not getting the love from her that he deserves. The Babadook with her inability to deal with her emotions, grief, and loss has now made her a vessel to bring him forth. He does possess her but it's in the end the love of the son outweighs the unfortunate capacity to not deal with your emotions and your trauma. Uh, in which she eventually does, therefore, not defeating, but living with the Babadook. I just recapped most of the movie, I think, but that's it. That's not why it's better. I just told you the movie. I didn't say why it was better. I just told you the movie. That's fine. The movie speaks for itself. Kent's really got it. I think if that's what Jack the Ripper looks like. That's what I think he really looks like is what the Babadook looks like. Like white face. Um, totally. Scary as hell. Yeah, moves in like glitches who do you think jack the ripper was do you buy that it was prince whatever oh i i probably i mean if i mean look what prince andrew did so i can't imagine what princes back then were able to get away with okay drag the tutors adam yes get that monarchy i i could i love this movie i forgot how much i like the babadook it is incredible two iconic hat wearing monsters very cool hat wearing monsters don't quite exist in real life i mean it really it's it's kind of the perfect pairing i'm really proud of us for coming up with it i'm excited where do we begin i don't even Gosh. know what to do who's got the better hat yeah okay okay let's talk hats um i hate to do this right out of the gate but i think it might be the babadook do you think it's because of the color scheme or the fact that everything for the most part appears to not be burned and or dis disfigured in some way Honestly, I think it is because of the fedora reputation. I think that like a weird curly top hat is just sort of not a thing anybody has worn in 300 years, except for maybe to the opera. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't give me associations of sort of like a boy from the anime club, like, uh, you know, rubbing himself on me in PE. And I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry to boys who were in the anime club, but like... You know what I mean? You guys, just stick it out a few more years. You're going to be okay. <laughs> Please. Please. Just just, just ask yeah. your sister how you should be approaching girls and then do it that way. And I promise you, there's probably a girl in the anime club who likes one of you guys. But oh, you're, but you're never going to date her. That's the problem with the anime club. You're going to, oh my God, you're going to ask her how to deal with the girl you actually like. It's going to destroy her. Oh my God. She's going to go home and just take her cat ears off and sadly slide down the wall. Oh my God. That's so awful. heartbreaking. I think I anytime I think of a fedora, I think of the I forget what cartoon they're from, but they're the weasels who were dressed <laughs> like old gangsters. I oh, think they're God, in. Oh yes, you know what, what is this? About? Yes, is it Roger Rabbit? 
Maybe. Is yeah, I think they're of? the allies of uh, Doc Brown. That's terrible. And they just seem so like slimy and gross. Yeah, yeah, I think that's them. Exactly. Fedoras just have too many powerful associations. So yeah, you, you've got me there. The Babadook color scheme is iconic, but as someone who is trying to wear less black, I really do admire Freddy's intentional clashing. It is cool. He definitely stands out. And I think like if I were walking down the street and I saw the Babadook, I'd be like, Ugh, that's like a weird monster. But if I saw Freddy, I'd be like, ooh, okay, go off. It's fashion week. Do you think, I, would that slet, sweater, would that sweater <laughs> pass as a legit sweater if it hadn't been in the film? A hundred percent. I think that that sweater is the exact sweater that Joe Biden's stepdaughter is wearing. I can't. I think I had shirts like that from structure. So sorry. I want to get this right. It's Kamala Harris's stepdaughter, the one who everybody was like, she's a fashion icon. And people were like, no, she's just wearing two jackets. I don't know about this. Yeah, it was a pop culture thing. Anyway, I'm sorry. What were you saying? I think I had shirts that had that same pattern, essentially, but they were maybe blue and white. So I can't. I can't besmirch that sweater too much. Yeah. I think like the hat, the Babadook wins overall fashion. I give it to Freddie. What about the practicality of the digits Ooh. of the phalanges? Tell me about uh, those little thingies on the Babadook. What are they doing? I think it's just his his hand. They're kind of long though, right? They're really long. I, I watched the short it's based on and the, the monster's hands grow. But I think in the Babadook, they're just like that from the beginning. And that's I, I, I did watch it. I was like, that's got to be tough for him to grab things. Yeah, they're so long. They are very long. Like, what if you want to put on chapstick? Yeah. Your hand has to be like down by your waist. Yeah, he's a very flashy dresser. So <laughs> it's conceivable that he has to get dressed at some point. Exactly. <laughs> Who's starching yeah. those collars? Yes. Where does he go when he's not in the house? <laughs> and I know what you're going to say, Adam. I know you're going to be like, oh, Freddy has knife hands. Like, he can't do anything but kill with them. He doesn't want to do anything but kill with them. They do the exact right job for the only thing he cares about, which is killing teens because they had sex. And it's the kids of the parents who killed them, too, right? Mm-hmm. And in this, in are we talking the Robert England one? We're not talking the Jackie Earl Haley one? Huh. What an interesting question. I have only ever seen the one. Well, then that's the one because I, when I, he, in that movie, in that universe, forgive me that I should know this, it is implied that he did it, right? Yes. That oh, he yeah. did hurt those kids. Okay. Craven is pretty unequivocal, at least in like first Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Because I think in the remake, it's sort of ambiguous as to whether or not he did it. Okay. This brings me to one of my problems with the Babadook. I don't love modern horror's whole thing of the monster is trauma. I think that was interesting one or two times. And by the time the Babadook came around, I was like, no, give me a real monster. And Freddy is a real ass monster. He killed kids for fun. And now he is that ghost. Yeah, we are definitely talking about two different monsters. I think a scarier monster is definitely Freddy. Babadook is sadder. Way sadder. And that's what I go to the movies for. Yeah, get really bummed out. And I started reading a bunch of stuff and how the Babadook became like a big gay icon. (laughs) Yeah. So you know what I'm talk talking about? about? This. I would love to talk about this. What I had heard was there was a problem with the Netflix algorithm. And so it was like iconic queer characters. Oh, that's And funny. it was like Love, Simon, <laughs> and like RuPaul's Drag Race and then the Babadook. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then people were like, yeah, queer icon. Right on, man. I didn't even know. Uh, when it comes to representation, the Babadook has it. 
Uh, yeah, Freddie's probably making one too many gay jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he says bitch a lot, so I don't know. That's, you know. He does love to say bitch. They love to say bitch in general in 80s horror movies. Chucky says it all the time. I think so, yeah. I, I did. I was reading about this, and Wes Craven said that he got the idea for uh, Freddy Krueger because one time when he was a little kid, an old man walked past his window, looked in, and then walked away. Yeah. And he was so that, I, yeah haunted by the experience. I was like, wow, it's, it must have been a weird looking old man. That would scare me now. Our bedroom's way too close to the street. Okay. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm on the second floor, so that would be quite fucked. Ah, uh, see, yeah. We got to get on the second floor. Yeah. What's scarier, a guy who kills kids for fun or your husband dying of an illness? It's got to be the guy who kills for fun. Because that's, I mean, what do you, I like to play video games for fun. I like to read books for fun, you know? But now, I guess I'm devil's advocating, but like, that's just a weird guy. But like, an aneurysm could drop any of us at any moment. Dude, that's true. That's what happened to my aunt. Oh, no, really? Yeah, that's what happened, yeah. Oh, Christ. Oh, no, I'm in my head about it. I know, I'm going to not, I'm going to do nothing but think about it. Because, like, a, an old guy walking by your window and looking at you, not that likely. Or if he does, he's probably a postman or Amazon driver. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Who cares about those people? Yeah. Yeah, dude. White collar only. Yeah. I think that the the trauma of the Babadook is way more... I mean, this isn't anything profound, so forget. But it's, it's way more innocent, I think, than Kruger. Yeah, he wanted him to, Wes Craven wanted him to be a child molester and then was like, nah, the networks won't let me get away with it. I had always was under the impression that he was a child molester. I think it's not explicitly in the movie, but uh, sure feels like it. I think I heard that thing too. If you if you die in your dreams, you die in real life. <laughs> I, I heard that too somewhere growing up. Right, didn't someone say it to yeah. you? Yes. I heard, if you have sex in your dreams, you have sex in real life, basically. Mm-hmm. So you're like actually not a virgin anymore. Well, then Cindy Crawford and I have been in some pretty, pretty vulnerable and uh, kinky positions. (laughs) And yet, like, really beautiful, like, really tender. Oh, God, yes, 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 yes. It's very, like, yeah. I'm not just at one speed, you know? Yeah. Which one would you rather, and this is a bit of a twist, have as your ex-husband? Whoa. Because I think, like, dating them, I don't even want to think about it. Friday's so bad. But if it's, like... One of them you have to be divorced from and trying to co-parent with. I got to say the Babadook, and here's why. Because I think Freddie's going to show up to functions that you have as a couple, even though you're divorced, but for the benefit of your child. And he's going to show up, and he's going to be cracking jokes, and he's going to be saying bitch all the time, and he's you know going to be real flashy. And I think the Babadook is probably more even keeled. Let's just do this. You know, It's not about us. It's for the kid. Yeah. So I would say the Babadook. Like shows up on time to the, you know, the hearing. Yeah, he was supposed to be in school, Fred. You took him to the Dodgers game. Yeah, well, I thought it would be more fun, bitch. (laughs) Babadook's just gliding through Christmas silently. Babadook's going to teach you how to do art. Mommy, Baba brought his new girlfriend. Honey, that's a sheet. (laughs) And it's a my pillow. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think, like, Freddy, sometimes I would remember why there was the fire between us, you know? Sure. Like, he'd be cutting up, and I would sort of look over at, like, our kid's wedding, you know, 30 years after our divorce, and I'd be like, I don't know. He is charming. Now, I think if, who? what's the exit? You have a better shot of hooking up with post-breakup. It's definitely Freddy. <laughs> oh, it's Freddy. When the Duke is done, he's done. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, no thanks. It's He's over. But Freddy, oh, Freddy's getting too drunk at the, you know, kid's ballet performance. And you're right. You're going to get a little tipsy, too. And you're going to remember that he is, it's annoying when he is charming, but he is charming. He is charming. And you would think that the hands would be a problem, but like not necessarily. I know. I know. You know, there's stuff he can do. What house would you rather live in? Oh, because they this. both have very unique aesthetics. Um, The Elm Street house is very easy to booby trap. Are we talking about Nancy's yeah. house or Freddie's house? <laughs> I guess Nancy's house, but let's talk Freddy's too. He had a nice house in that movie, so let's talk that one too. (laughs) Yeah, look, I love, you know, an American suburban two-story house. I'm going... uh, Midwest, man. I'm going any house on Elm Street. I, God, I don't want to, but I got to say the same because the, the house that they live in is just, it's until the end, it's just so bleak. And devoid of life, which I guess is the point. But there's too many places for the Babadook to hide because he uses a shadow to move around. And I'm like, just turn up the lights. 1,000%. If you just turn on a light, it's problem solved. I know your energy bill is high and you're a single mom, but like, come on. Hey, that's not, Pick up a few more shifts. <laughs> yeah, here's my problem with the Babadook. The mom didn't work hard enough. <laughs> She'd been a stay-at-home mother. None of this would have Yeah, this is really an indictment of single mothers, (laughs) is what this movie is. (laughs) Oh, man. At least she's alive at the end of the film. She is alive, unlike Nancy's poor mother who gets... That is so funny. Yeah. Um, You know, I think we've really covered all the big questions. Divorce, living situation, fashion, maybe like... Whose powers would you rather have? I, I think I would say Freddy because I, I think you have way more options of what you can do in somebody's dream. Yeah, as opposed to only appearing to children. And people with severe trauma, like you said. And then I think the best you can get is in a corporeal form, you get thrown up as some black goo. And that does sound fun. It does sound fun. It would be kind of like the secret world of Alex Mack, if you could turn into goo and slide under doors and stuff. Sure, sure. We've all dreamed of that. And, like, I do love inspiring children um, and, like, hanging out with little kids. So I think the Babadook would be fun to be. But, yeah, I'm going Freddy, too. Well, he does foster that creativity with weapons. Also true. Right. It's like Nancy would have gone the rest of her life being a regular high school girl. And now she's a, like, survivalist. Yeah, she's badass now. Yeah. Freddy was good for her. Well, we can all say we're glad that it happened to that sweet young girl. Well, what we're going to do, Kaylin, now is we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to pick some games from our sadistic producers, sadistic list of sadistic games, as we continue to debate over who is the better horror movie icon. Hey, Adam. Yeah, buddy. Um, Can I tell you about something? Please do. 
Are you busy right now? Or I'm literally not doing anything. Oh my gosh, amazing. Okay, so you know me. You know I'm like kind of a nerd, mm-hmm. you might say. Yeah, I think so. Okay, wow, ouch. Um, But one of the nerdy things that I truly love is this dang Marvel Cinematic Universe. Every time they put out a new movie, I'm like, it's injected straight into my veins. I love this jazz. And I am very stoked, Adam, because the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast is excited to be covering Loki Season 2 right now with two podcasts every week. Can you believe that? I can't believe it, you nerds. So listen up. They're going to be posting instant reactions immediately after each show drops and episodes where they respond to listener feedback and they hear more perspectives and craft insane theories in what is Owen Wilson doing. I mean, that's what this show is. Where is he? What is he doing between seasons? I've don't know. Anyway, the show has a glorious, thriving community that is super fun to be part of. If you want to nerd out with fellow nerds like me in a non-pejorative way, you're going to love it. The Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast is a podcast dedicated to all the wonderful and diverse content of the MCU. And did you know the show's in its 10th year? So like they're doing something right. A lot of stuff. And if you're excited to see what comes next for Loki like they are, search right now for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast wherever you get your podcast and hit the subscribe button. All right, everybody, welcome back to round two for this week's episode of Versus. In round two of the show, Caitlin and I get to pick one game from that sadistic list to play with one another. Uh, And this week, Caitlin, I have chosen for you Bedtime Story. So I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock, Caitlin, and I'd like you to come up with a bedtime story that you might tell a child of Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Once upon a time in a land far away called Pasadena, there was a man named Freddy, and Freddy loved playing with children. He would play and play until they were too tired to play anymore. And then one day, one of the children cruelly shoved him into a furnace, and then a couple years later, it happened again in the furnace. But then he lived in furnace land where everyone has fun all day long dancing and singing in the flames hell's not real sweet dreams buddy oh i wish my mom would have told me that when i was a kid oh it was one of my favorites growing up your turn adam 30 seconds to tell me the bedtime story of the babadook all right dylan get all tucked in there bud okay there once was a boy who had a dad And sometimes that dad, well, he was bad. He would yell and shout and scream and and yell. But don't you worry. It'll all end well. Because I'll do stuff to you, son, that you'll need to figure out. Why did I scream? Why did I shout? What did you do to make it this way? Figure out your shit or you're going to pay. I love you, Grandma. Good night. Don't be loud. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> wow, that was really sweet. Thank you. And a good moral. And a, yeah, really, whatever your parents did to you, figure it out on your own. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't, you know, go to therapy. Adam, I'm going to challenge you to one of my absolute favorite games with a little bit of a twist, I love it when you sing and jingle, but this time I would like to hear something a little bit more specific because horror makes me think of the 80s, so I would love to hear you improvise the 80s 
TV show theme song version of the Babadook. Okay. <laughs> From the 80s. Yeah, as if it's like, you know, we're freeze framing here. We're freeze framing yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. When you're a kid in the world, things are scary. You're a mom with a kid and no dad. You're living alone, doing the best you can, but something makes you sad. You walk around with your head down low. Don't even know really where to go. When you get down to, don't jump off the roof. Look at your pal, the Duke. Again, a great lesson for the kids. Don't jump off the roof. Don't. You don't know how high it is yeah. because, you know, you might just end up hurting yourself. Yeah. Or, and just in a way that's embarrassing. You'll fall in a bush. Oh, boy. Tell me about it. Well, let's hear your 80s theme song for one Freddy Krueger. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> the nights are getting colder. The trees are turning red. Kids are trick-or-treating. Freddy's in your head, yeah. Freddy, he's always in your head. Uh, don't go to the neighbor's house. Don't go to the store. And don't go to sleep unless you want to get stabbed more. Freddy is always in your head. Freddy takes place before a live studio audience. <laughs> God, you would have cleaned up in the 80s doing that guy's God, voice. I miss 80s TV. I miss everything being brown and orange uh -huh. with green plants. I miss them making 47 hours of television a year and almost oh nothing happening God. in any episode. <sighs> Man, we really did live in a glorious time for television. That was peak TV. Wow. I mean, two perfect songs. I don't know how anybody could pick between them. Uh, well, Caitlin, yeah, I think those are both very, very great songs. And I think we both made pretty, pretty solid, watertight arguments for the Babadook and for Freddy Krueger. But just to bring it on home, let the jury hear your final defense of Freddy Krueger. I'm going to throw a minute on the clock. Give us your closing arguments about Freddy Krueger. We live in the world that Freddy dreamed up. Um, a world where old men can be fashion icons. A world where uh, teens don't even want to have sex anymore. All of the studies are like, why isn't Gen Z doinking? And, you know, I think it's because between this and It Follows, sex feels like an absolute curse. And <laughs> it is. Um, Freddy is the man and he is the moment. Uh, he has so many wonderful skills and talents, like dream walking, sure, but also redecorating curtains with his little slashes. And, um, you know, he has an incredible memory, specifically for the people who uh, halfway murdered him and then, I guess, kind of gave up before he was fully dead. Look, I think there's a lot to love about Freddy, and I don't think you can deny, if I can get serious for a minute, that he has truly changed the shape of horror movies forever for the rest of our lives. He is a truly great villain. That is absolutely true. Thank you. Adam, the floor is yours. Let's get a couple minutes on the clock. You go. Look, Freddy Krueger is a wonderful villain. There's no denying it, but I would like you to keep in mind that Rotten Tomatoes lists The Babadook as the 13th best horror film of all time. And as Caitlin brought up earlier, we all have trauma. 
it comes out in many different ways. And I'm with you, you know, not every movie needs to be about that, but boy, this one does a really excellent job of, of showing that. And I think the Babadook, it, it is changed and morphed into so many different things. Sure. This one is about a relationship drama, but as we talked about earlier, it's now made its way into the LGBT community. It, there's addiction metaphors that can be made for this. It's really something that we all carry with us. And my goodness, I should hope that we would all confront our own fears, insecurities, and trauma in the same way to make us not only just a better person to ourselves, but to the ones that we love around us. And my last point would be keep in mind the Baba Duke is not a child molester. If anything, that should win me the argument. The Baba Duke is not a child molester. Okay. Wow. Really strong closing argument. I yeah. Sorry. I I know that's a low blow. It's it's a cheap shot, buddy. I'm sorry. Look, Adam, this show is about absolutely ruining our friendship by destroying the other person intellectually. And and you went for it. Well, if you would like to contribute to our spiraling anxiety and you'd like to weigh in on who you think won this week's battle or give us suggestions on which pop culture icons you'd like us to represent next, you can email us at officialversuspodcast at gmail.com or tweet at Wood Elf Media on socials and use the hashtag versus podcast. Until next week, I'm Count Adam Peacock. And I'm Professor Caitlin Hempstead. <laughs> and we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye. Versus is a Wood Elf original series, executive produced by Rob Herding, David Henning, Ryan Middledorf, Caitlin Hempstead, and Adam Peacock. Produced by Tom Breck. Original music by Darren Johnson. Edited by Neely Oftering. Are you a Marvel fan? Matt, you know I am. Jeff, I was asking the listener. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it seemed like a weird question because, you know, we've been doing a Marvel podcast together for nine years now. No, no, I was trying to grab the attention of all the Marvel fans out there for this ad. Oh. I thought it was weird, too. You should definitely warn us. Good note, Ashley. Well, if you like Marvel movies and TV as much as we do, join us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. He did it again. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.